so hey guys welcome back to another episode of detox and it's going to be one of the most uh, interesting episode i have had till date which is talking about finances i have with me sashwat and samyak my really good friends from priya sashwat is studying with me in my college and pursuing a degree in economics uh he is also working at ionin investment services as a research assistant and has published multiple articles in the hindu on the topic ranges from cryptocurrency to the general economy and the union budget on the other hand samyak is pursuing an econ and math major in kriya he's also the founder of revive nutrition and has worked as a market research assistant at symbiot ventures and origin So thank you guys for coming to the podcast it truly truly means a lot and we'll have much more fruitful conversation i guess so let's dive into the basic crux of the episode i want to know how did you to learn about investing and both of you all any one of can go ahead with it right so i cannot pinpoint one event in my life that led me to investing but if i absolutely had to it was when i studied a bit about berkshire hathaway and warren buffet mm. and it amazed me as to how he invested right from his 20s but most of his wealth came towards the later stages of his career mm. so that really introduced me to compounding which is something that the both of us will talk about later but i started to learn about investing when i saw investors around me and the concept of stock markets and so on hmm. so um the way i started learning about investing was when i saw my uncle open up a stock ticker on his computer and i asked him what he was doing and he said that i was looking at a portion of the company so hmm. i didn't understand what he meant by a portion of the company so he said you know you spend so much money in a day you know drinking tea or whatever you can spend you can take that money and put it and buy the company which you are buying of which you are consuming the product of Correct. So that sounded really interesting to me, and that's how I got got started on investing. And you know, I read from there and so on. So, so basically, just self learners and just small areas wherever you could wherever you could get your inspiration from. But as the topic is about finance and we being college students and everything, there is a lot of you know taboo around investment at such an early age. So, to both of y'all, how do you start investing, and is there any right age also for you to invest? I personally believe that there's no right age to start investing the earlier the better and uh how do you start investing before you think of investing there is something I want to touch upon that's the base or that's the most important thing that comes that comes or that has to happen when you have to invest it's mm-hmm. called savings and when I mean savings I don't mean that you stop enjoying your life you stop uh pursuing your interests you stop consuming luxuries that's not what i mean when i say save 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 hmm. all i mean is have a structure in place wherein this is x is your monthly income and you take a portion of that monthly income and save it correct so that you can invest because if you don't have the money to invest if you don't have the money you obviously cannot invest true yeah and um, you know with savings uh, savings is a really important aspect but then how do you invest that how do you get started with investing you know people think that um it's a massive massive wall which you have to jump over true but um there are ways in which a newbie or a beginner can get into investing and and not make too many mistakes or lose their money because that's what a lot of people are scared about correct so the easiest way to get started with investing before you even put any money into it first read and read and read as much as you can correct and um 
as you keep reading you'll start picking up these basic concepts like earnings per share you'll start picking up what is interest rate what is the fd rate you're getting on your uh, this thing in your bank and uh, your savings rate that sort of numbers you'll start intuitively picking up correct right and you keep hearing about the investing isn't something foreign we're all investing by putting money into our bank correct because our bank is paying at least 4 or 5% depending on whatever bank, bank you are mm. it pays that much in terms of either fd or savings rate Correct. So everyone's investing at some level, and um, a good way to get started with investing is investing in passive funds. Correct. So what do I mean by passive funds? I'm talking about passive index funds. Hmm. So in stock markets, there's this concept of index funds where you take a collection of shares, the top 50 shares in terms of market capitalization hmm. in uh, the Indian market, which is the Nifty 50. Correct. So you take the Nifty 50 and you just blindly put money into it every month, fixed amount. You don't think about it. Correct. So it doesn't become a stressful thing where you have to sit and pick stocks or something like that. Yeah, true. Because that's what a lot of people think about, right? Mm. So when you do this, you remove that that trouble or the friction from it. So it becomes a very easy thing to do. And there are many companies now which are also giving you this frictionless option where they'll automatically debit from your account Correct. and they'll invest, put it in the, the this thing. And it's a smooth process you can set Sorry. up. SIP. Correct. And um, there is. Really, the the risk which is uh, which stems from in picking stocks is really eliminated because you're buying a group of fifty stocks. Correct. So you're putting it into a large basket of goods. Hmm. So there are these different stocks, and even if one or two fails, forty eight of or forty nine of them are going to be fine. fine. Yeah. Fine. And um, you also will be doing it with a sort of discipline. And hmm. while you're doing this indexing, you read more and more about how to pick stocks if you're interested in that. You learn more about what are bonds, you know that sort of thing. Correct. So, um, Samir, if you have something to add, yeah, no, I think um, for a person who's not interested into finance or who mm. is not exactly an expert in finance, it's not necessary that every human being has to be an expert That's at right. finance. Correct. What what Shashwat said made a lot of sense because essentially what you're doing is you're eliminating. The thing is, you can never remove risk from anything. You can only reduce it. Or or try to eliminate it. So by having a large basket, you're basically spreading your risk yes. across not one stock or two stocks, but fifty stocks. And that's a great way to get into the market if you're scared of losing money. Money. Okay, that that actually makes sense. But going on to what Sashwat was talking about about picking stocks and these things, I at least this is what I saw in the last two years in the pandemic. You saw a crazy surge in people going opening up DMAT accounts or whatever was happening because of the you know hype around you know that you can earn more in the stock market. The shares have gone from like for example, let's just take Tata. It went up to eighty. Like just putting up Tata Power today, running at two forty in two years of time. Yeah. Now going on to that question, I want to understand the difference between investing and trading. Us being as For example, first timers coming in the stock market, and I want to understand the concept between investing and trading in the best terms, in the simplest terms, where you could explain it to me. So, um, the difference between investing and trading—that's a good question, Devish. And the, mm. the thing with investing and trading is that um, sometimes the line becomes very tough to Correct. figure out where the line is. So, in from Benjamin Graham, who wrote the, which I recommend a lot of the people who read, uh, who are watching this or listening to this podcast, mm. read. Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Benjamin Graham basically draws this demarcation line, which mm-hmm. basically says this is speculation and this is investing. Correct. So what he's saying is that investing is where you don't look at short-term metrics. Mm-hmm. So when you look at short-term metrics, like from this quarter to this quarter, do I think that ITC is going to increase, increase. their growth by this percentage? Mm-hmm. Then you take a bet in the stock market and say 
you know what i'm going to hold itc and hope that i can turn a quick pro- i can put 200 rupees today and take 400 rupees tomorrow correct that's the mentality a trader has and the mm. trader will not look at fundamentals or anything like and by mm. fundamentals i mean you know how much reserves they have what is the debt level that sort of thing they don't look yeah. at traders ba- basically look at price action and that sort of thing correct and um, you know that the the thing with trading is that you have algorithms which can do this at 10 times the capacity any human can True. so basically going against a machine and i don't think there's a lot of um, prospect in that sort of thing correct but when you look at investing we don't have the machine capability to to figure out whether a company now will do well 20 years later because it's a very complex analysis which only a human can do right about now hmm. so with investing the idea is that you don't look at the short term ticker where the price is going right. you look at the valuation of it that is valuation meaning so let's assume that a stock is worth let's say 20 rupees it's trading at 20 rupees but you know that it's intrinsic value what the stock is actually worth in your eyes is 40 rupees 40 rupees but it's trading at 20 rupees and you know that in the long run you will 100% see that stock that stock will realize its actual potential, potential. so you buy it at 20 rupees and keep holding it hmm. regardless of what happens to it that is investing Correct. and how do you get to this intrinsic value you look at the fundamentals you look at you know what its reserve what assets it has whether yeah. it has more assets than liabilities whether it has long term debt hmm. so a company uh, tata steel hmm. had a lot of debt correct and in the past 2 years because steel prices had gone up they were able to reduce their debt debt so now you see that price has gone up because people in the market realized that you know what their intrinsic value has gone up so with investing you look at those sort of metrics which are very reliable these metrics don't change very soon but price action and uh, you know the uh, price metrics you will see that it changes very very quickly hmm. and this this is very dangerous also to do hmm. and one more thing which i would advise people to not do is trading on margin hmm. trading with your own money is one thing but trading on margin is a whole different ball game correct so what do i mean by trading by on margin what your broker will do is first he'll give you up a call he'll say sir you have this much margin you can use it if you want to so let's say you put in 2000 rupees and your portfolio is worth 2000 rupees hmm. he will let you buy stocks for 4000 rupees okay so but the problem this is the catch as soon as you buy stocks for 4000 rupees on credit which he's giving you hmm. as soon as the stock price comes by down by 2 rupees or so even then the price will go down beyond your portfolio value, value. and then he'll be like sir you have to sell it now and i need my money, money back. back because he he doesn't want to take risk correct but as if you buy with margin you're basically paying him brokerage you're paying to lose money money and that's the thing that's what benjamin graham says it's it's like a casino hmm. and your broker is the house and mm. there's a saying which goes the house always wins at the end correct because whether you buy or sell your broker, broker makes the makes profit profit mm. you sell also he'll take that 0.01% you buy also he'll take that 0.0 whatever the commission is he'll take it either mm. way so either way you you by trading you're basically paying for your broker's children to go to school correct. not your own children to go to school <laughs> so um yeah and in investing you're looking at the long run and that sort of thing so some if you want yeah so um David you spoke about the covid-19 pandemic and Correct. now the russian war basically affecting yeah. the stock markets now sashwat and i here are investors long term investors at that and we do not believe in trading Correct. that being said trading is not completely baseless mm. there is a logic and math to that as well but mm. we are strong proponents of investing yes. long term and personally i believe that as a person who's getting into the stock market with uh basic experience or no experience at all it is safer for you to invest yes. with a long term view in mind the thing with the covid-19 pandemic and the 
or take even the Russian war for now, mm-hmm. it will not affect an investor so much because uh, we as investors are not looking at okay, can I sell it tomorrow or can I sell it day after? Mm-hmm. For us, it's what happens to the company five years or ten years down the line. And I'll give you a personal example. Now there was a lot of sell-off during COVID, and I had this particular share called State Bank of India, which is arguably the biggest bank in the country because it is a government-owned bank. Correct. Now, as an investor, my thinking was that okay, the COVID-19 pandemic will eventually subside, and there will be a recovery in the economy. Correct. There will be a lot of lending and a lot of borrowing that will support that recovery. and state bank of india would be a front runner in that recovery makes sense so i was already thinking from a long term perspective as to what will happen once covid goes hmm. because again it's something that will come and something that will go nothing stays constant Correct. so an investor is not thinking about what happens in the next uh, 21 days after the lockdown has ended will state bank of india open its branches or not Correct. an investor that that's something a trader might do to predict the stock prices in the short run Correct. But an investor is already thinking ahead that hey, what happens after? What is the long term view hmm. for this company? Sir, sir, okay, that that actually makes a lot of sense. But now talking about how you said you're talking about long term, and there was one concept when we were discussing about how to go ahead with this, which was the idea of compounding. So, what is that concept, and how is compounding beneficial for like, uh, like for an investor or whatever you want to plan your ahead funds or something? Right. So the way interest rates work is that they are an exponential function. Correct. For those of you who don't know what an exponential function is, let me give you an example. Let's say you've invested hundred rupees, hmm. and the interest rate is five percent. Hmm. Next year, your amount will become hundred and five. Correct. You have earned an interest of five rupees. Hmm. The year after that, the five percent will not be calculated on rupees hundred, but on 100. but on hundred and five instead. Correct. Now. For this to have impressive amount of gains, it has to be done over the long period. Hmm. Because compounding can work its wonders only if you constantly believe in the value increasing exponentially. Correct. So that's how compounding works, and it's extremely important for a long-term investor or for for matter any investor hmm. to let compounding do its magic. Hmm. Just consistency and compounding, I believe. are the key to financial success okay you can leave all the formulas out you can leave all the excel sheets out you can leave all the tips out you can leave all the news articles out you could leave all the reporters who are predicting stock prices out mm-hmm. finance essentially comes down to consistently investing in the long run correct if you invest consistently and if you let compounding do its magic mm-hmm. the odds i'm not saying that you'll be rich for sure correct. nobody could predict that but the idea is to ensure that the odds are in favor of you becoming so and the odds are the safest and the highest if you do so hmm. i just want to add on to what samir was saying and dubil had brought up a point at the earlier stage which was is there a, is there an age for investing hmm. the thing is that this is where age matters because the earlier you start the longer your runway is and with compounding you realize it's not in your second year that is your second year of investing or third year of investing that you make your most money correct the mo- and samir had brought up how warren buffett had actually made most of his money later on hmm. the the point is that as long as your runway is is huge you can make the most in that sort of time frame correct and i think samir also has some metrics on that samir yeah so i just wanted to give you an idea into how the 
magic of compounding works hmm. assume that i start investing 25000 rupees every month which is a fairly good amount correct in india for the next 30 years i invest 25000 every month and i assume an annual interest rate of 15% hmm. which an average index fund that's well chosen could give you correct uh at the end of 13 uh, at the end of 30 years sorry you would have a total net worth of 18 crore rupees that is not bad and that is not bad for an average individual correct but the catch here is if i do it let's say only for uh, instead of 30 years i do it for um, 20 years hmm. then it's only 8 crore rupees so in 20 years i'm only earning 8 crore rupees through compounding but between the 20th and the 30th year i'm almost doubling the amount i'm earning correct so that is the power of compounding in the long run and the earlier you start the odds of you experiencing this power is greater greater that that makes actually a lot of sense to me and uh, but talking about okay you talk you spoke about compounding and everything now as the listeners are going to be mostly assuming first timers of all those things What are the avenues of investing, and where are the places where you can actually put up your money to? So, um, before I talk about the avenues of investment, the it's heavily based on this concept known as inflation, which I think Samir will explain now. Right. So, inflation is a huge concept in economics, but I'm going to be covering only what's important to you as an investor. Hmm. So inflation is basically when comparatively not ap- not the absolute value of money but the comparative value of your money reduces every year correct so let me take an example to better explain that let's say i have 100 rupees this year and i can buy 10 bananas with 100 rupees this year hmm. next year i can buy only 9 bananas with that 100 rupees because the price of bananas have gone up correct so the so the inherent value or the intrinsic value of my 100 rupees has gone down because now i'm getting only 9 bananas instead of 10 true you might have heard your parents say that in their childhood petrol was at 20 rupees a liter today it's almost at 100 that's inflation correct so now on an average inflation is at 7% per year hmm. so 100 rupees this year would be comparatively not absolutely because that 100 rupee note will still be a 100 rupee note but comparatively or logically it be worth only 93 rupees a year so when you're thinking of avenues of investment which sashwat will now cover it is extremely important that you find avenues that give you a return that is greater than 7% which is the rate of inflation hmm. else you're just losing money even if you're investing correct so um, thank you for that samyak and also building up on what samyak was saying so inflation is really important when you want to choose what your avenue of investment investment should be hmm. so your avenues of investment these are your basic avenues of investment real estate equity which is basically the stock market hmm. then you have bonds then you have gold then you have your fd bank account correct so all of you must be familiar with real estate fd bank account and uh, gold which are things which you see all the time and maybe stock market also some of you must be familiar with correct so i'll start with the odd one out which is bonds many people don't know what bonds are to be short and simple about it bonds are when a, a party is trying to uh, borrow from you so if you buy their they issue bonds so if you buy their bond you're basically paying so let's say a bond is worth 100 rupees at uh, this thing at at which at the price they're issuing it you're lending them 100 rupees for whatever yield they give you the correct. coupon rate on it 
So basically, you'll be getting that over a period of five years until until which the bond will be completely repaid to you in, in principle. Mm. So the government issues bonds, corporates issue bonds, and sometimes you can even see that individuals do it in terms of just taking uh, ma- borrowing money borrowing from the bank. Money. Correct. And uh, FD and your savings rate also comes from this because when you put money into the bank, they take your money and lend it out to other people. Other people. and they give you a small percentage of that for letting them take your capital and giving it hmm. so that's bonds and savings and fd and then when coming to the stock market you're buying a portion or a chunk of a company and with the stock market if you invest in an index fund you're basically taking a bet on the country so if you buy the nifty 50 you're betting on india Correct. you're saying that india's top 50 companies will grow and i believe in those companies hmm. so if you believe in india then you can believe in the index fund and you can believe in passive investing Hmm. and uh, finally a gold which is a, a straightforward this thing you buy a certain amount of gold you keep it and that's safe and okay. if you ever want to flee the country or there's really a sort of emergency gold is your best bet right. because in any country maybe the rupee won't be respected but gold will 100% be respected and finally coming to real estate real estate is too massive of a topic we can cover through this the scope is too massive but just generally speaking real estate is seen as a sound investment to keep your money for a lot of years correct so these are your avenues of investment how to pick them it depends on what rate of return you're getting from each hmm. so if you look at it when interest rates rise you'll see bond yields also rise because they have to compete with the interest rate correct so when you see bond yields rise you might want to buy them provided that they're above the inflation rate hmm. if you don't buy it above the inflation rate you're basically losing money on a real amount hmm. so let's say your 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 100 rupees is only giving you let's say 4% but the inflation rate is at 7% you have a minus 3% in so you're losing 3% every year correct so that's why fds and savings rate i would advise most people against unless they want short term liquid funds correct and um, even in that way i think gold or even um, a short term bond fund might be a better option for most people hmm. and um, with and with most things just sitting tight and passively investing is the best option in any of these fields if you buy stocks keep them for a long period don't don't buy them with the intention to sell same with gold same with bonds same with real estate and with your fd and savings account which you that that's only for your liquid funds correct that can't that's not a really good avenue for savings and i think some um as sashwat had mentioned never borrow to invest always save to invest because when you're borrowing let's say your investments go haywire and that's a good possibility because the smartest people in the world aren't able to predict how the market behaves correct you will have leverage and you will be liable for the loans you have taken mm. so the best way to invest is to save that money and invest it mm. never invest especially as a beginner on borrowed Bond. funds that that actually makes sense but like going up to the maybe the final segment of what we were speaking on When I used to speak to you all or something, you all had given me this line that volatility is an investor's best friend. What do you mean by that, and how is it even applicable in the real world? Sure. So, I'll go one step ahead and modify this line even more. Hmm. Volatility is an investor's best friend, but a trader's worst enemy. Okay. Because a trader doesn't does not exactly know how the market is going to behave if it's volatile mm-hmm. and they thus cannot make sound decisions correct but as i said take sbi example for matter the investor is not bothered about how volatile the market is correct the in me as an individual bought more shares of sbi when the market fell yes. because 
I was getting a share that I absolutely loved and believed in at a price that was far cheaper than had COVID not happened. Correct. So volatility volatility actually helps investors hmm. in one primary way. It allows you to enter the market in conditions that are far more favorable had volatility not been there. Correct. To quote Warren Buffet, Warren Buffet always says be scared when people are greedy. Hmm. Basically, when everybody around you is greedy, buying, buying, buying because the markets are extremely high Correct. be scared mm. but when people are scared covid-19 pandemic for example be greedy. be greedy when they are scared that the market is going to crash and you know as an investor that this share is there for the long run be greedy be then greedy. and that is something that only volatility can give to you let me give you an another example um it's then the psychology of money mm. uh those of you who have read might know and as sashwat said apart from benjamin graham's uh books the psychology of investing is something that you should read because investing is a lot about the mind correct it's about being strong enough in your mind to believe that you won't fail mm. so uh morgan housel in the psychology of money says that um financial success is like having fun with your family There are various ways you can do it. You could either stay at home, sit on your couch and enjoy for free. Hmm. You could either go to Disneyland, hmm. pay the fees and enter Disneyland and have a fun time. Hmm. Or you could be greedy where you want the best of both worlds. You want to enjoy Disneyland but for free, so you evade the security, get in, have fun and leave. Hmm. I believe trading is like the third option hmm. where you want huge gains in a short amount of time. Hmm. and the odds of you getting caught while trying to enter disneyland is extremely high you might not always but there are chances you most likely will correct sashwat spoke about savings and fd that's like having fun with your family at home you will have fun but the fun would be a lot greater had you got to disneyland correct and investing is like going into disneyland after paying that fees and you have a lot of fun Now what is that fees in investing terms volatility you are okay with things going up and down as that's the fee you're paying for long term gains correct and this is an example that makes so much sense to me if we are willing to abide and uh, be patient in all other spheres of life why is it that we all want our money to exponentially grow without having to wait correct so volatility is something that brings you towards true financial success and it's a small price or even a test that you have to pay for long term gains that actually actually makes a lot of sense and i guess we are at the end of the episode for the questions we covered there was a lot of content at least i guess for like people listening just another thing i need to say in this episode is that we three do not uh, we are not guiding you or we are not telling you to buy any specific stocks or anything like that at this moment this is just a way of giving you information about investing at an early age so that you can be financially independent and have a much more better life so that's it from us uh, right now thank you so much ashwath and samyak for coming it truly was one of the best episode i have had with some informative content so thank you thank you so much and i hope we see you all again for the future upcoming episodes thank so you thank, thank you so much thank you thank you so much